Our scripture reading this afternoon is from Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27. It's on page 7 of your order of worship, or it will be projected behind me. This is a familiar passage. Uh, if you're a singer, you have probably sung several different arrangements of this scripture. And it's okay to hum. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name on the people of Israel, and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. All right. Kids, just a couple things to be listening for. Uh, first, the meaning of the word benediction. It's a long word. We'll try to define it. Um, we're going to talk about another grammar lesson. It doesn't sound very interesting, but hopefully it will be. Um, and then lastly, um, we're going to talk about the new year. What does it mean for us to live in 2023 as followers of Jesus, the new year? There's probably a lot of confusion out there in the world about what it means to be blessed by God. It, it may be uh, making the big catch in the big game, right? Hashtag blessed, all glory be to God, right, for making the catch. Uh, it may be as simple as um, getting that key parking spot at the grocery store. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Um, it may be making it through some real tr trouble or strife, a struggle that you may have. You may feel that blessing. But often, uh, when the world talks about being blessed, it's usually temp temporal. Uh, it's usually circumstantial, and um, it doesn't last. But God wants us to know of a blessing that is permanent. That as God doesn't change, so his blessing, his benediction towards his people doesn't change. And so we're looking at this passage. It, it may even be uh, overly familiar with you for, for you. Uh, like Sandy said, maybe you've grown up hearing it. Or, or here, what happens a lot is that there is this mass of humanity, little people, all up here during the service. And they're all going crazy, right? Things are being th right, thrown, shakers, and there's noise, and it's beautiful, and there's all this celebration. And it often feels like Brian and I are trying to say this as fast as possible, right? Just to get through it to the end of the service so that we can make it to the end. Usually we've preached too long, and so uh, it often feels rushed. And yet, this is one of the most important elements of the worship service, is the benediction, the thing that is the last word of God to his people. We talk a lot about how God draws us into worship, right? The call to worship is actually God instigating a relationship with us. He is drawing us to himself but the benediction 
Uh, Kids, benediction means good, bene, good word. It is the final good word that God speaks to us. And he means for it to, to, to rule over all of our emotions or our circumstances, circumstances, whatever may be happening in our lives, this good word is to be the thing that dominates, that overrules everything else that may be going on. This word originally was given in Numbers, chapter six. Numbers is, um, it, it's, it's the tar in your Bible reading plan, right? If you've made it through Genesis and Exodus and you've been really strong and you've made it all the way through Leviticus, usually Numbers is the one where your feet just get stuck, right? Um, You don't make it much past, if you're anything like me, don't make it much past Numbers. And yet, it's an important book for the people of Israel. The, The Hebrew name of this book actually isn't Numbers. It's in the wilderness. The people of God have been brought out of Egypt by Moses. They are at Mount Sinai, and Moses is recording for the generation that's about to go into the Promised Land what happened to them 40 years ago as they were brought out of Egypt, given the Ten Commandments, and preparing to go into the Promised Land. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament story, you know that at this moment, they're preparing to go into the Promised Land. They get really close, right up to the edge, and they're disobedient. And so they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That generation dies off and the next generation is preparing to be led into the promised land by Joshua. And yet Moses wants the people to know what God spoke through him to the people as they were preparing to go into the promised land. They were in the wilderness. There was so much uncertainty before them Questions, where would our food come from? How long will we be here? What will the promised land be like? Are there giants there? Will there be these intense battles to take over the promised land? Is God really good? Will he keep his promises to us? And so God speaks to Moses and says, tell my people this good word. I want them to know in the wilderness this good word from me. Now, sometimes you, you can think that this benediction, maybe you see some, Paul uses them quite a bit in the New Testament. It can feel like um, maybe their prayers, right? Grace and peace to you sort of feels like wishful thinking. It's kind of this prayer, would God do this for us? And benedictions can kind of feel like that, but that's actually not their purpose, The purpose of a benediction is a declaration. You can see that in one of the quotes and the words for reflection. The benediction, this is from Lee Vasey, the benediction is not so much a prayer or a charge as it is a declaration. It's a pronouncement of God's blessing upon his people so that they will be reminded that their salvation and relationship with him is not based on what they've done, but rather on account of what God has done. So God is declaring over his people, and that's why a minister of the word stands up and raises his hands. It's a picture of God speaking a good word over his people. 
And you guys, right, we talk about this, we show the kids, right, putting their hands out like this to receive. It's this picture of receiving this word, this declaration that God is speaking over us. Now, where does this blessing come from? If this is a declaration of God's blessing over his people, where does it come from? What's the source? Well, it doesn't take long in these verses to figure out where the source is. Look at verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, and then verses 24 through 26 is this three-verse benediction that God speaks over his people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. If you haven't picked up that the Lord is the source of the blessing, wait till verse 27. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. In the Hebrew, that is emphatic. I myself will bless them. The source of our blessing doesn't come from our circumstances. It's not in that college acceptance letter. Uh, It's not in a bonus at the end of the year. It's not in a promotion. It's not in your child actually going to bed when you ask them to, right, without any fussing or complaining. It's none of those things. It is from the Lord himself. And what is it that he gives us? Well, Before we get to that, let's look at the form. What form does this blessing take? Two things I want you to see here. It's both plural and singular. Kids, plural means all of us. Singular is just you. It's both. Look, the context of this, the Lord is speaking and tells Aaron, tells Moses to tell Aaron to tell all the people this blessing. All of these words are plural. It's y'all, right? Tell, tell them, tell all of the people this blessing. I will bless them, verse 27. And yet, verses 24, 25, and 26 are all singular. The yous there are not y'all, right? The Lord bless David and Sam and John and Cameron. The Lord bless you individually. The Lord bless you and keep you. It's an interesting dynamic. Often, some of us forget the communal aspect. We think it's just about me and Jesus. And so we need to hear that this blessing comes to the church. That God is setting aside a people for himself who will be his image bearers to the world. They will be his people on mission into the world to take the gospel to the lost. We do that together as a church. And yet, so many of us struggle with the singularity of this. We see others being blessed, but we don't feel blessed. We feel that God is far off, that he's distant, that his look upon us is maybe one of of disappointment, It's of of toleration, not of delight. If we're honest with ourselves, so often that's our picture of our Father. 
And so this benediction comes to you personally and says, the Lord, I myself, blesses you and keeps you, protects you from all harm. I lift my face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you, to lift up my countenance upon you and give you peace. That is a word to you today. In the midst of your uncertainty, as we think about starting 2023, man, some of you are so ready for 2022 to be in the rearview mirror. You are ready for 2022 behind you. One of my uh, former uh, Virginia Tech RUF students uh, posted on Instagram last night, and he said, 2022 just felt like a damp squid. And I don't know what that means, but I can really relate to that a little bit, right? That there is just something, ugh, right? Just gross about it. Some of you have had that kind of a year. And there's a ton of promise maybe going into 2023. There's a ton of excitement. Some of you are dreading what the next year may hold. Wherever you are, God speaks this final, permanent, good word of delight over you. Not at your potential, right? Not at what you're going to become. God doesn't say, I know all things. I know how much better you're going to be next year than you are right now. And I just love the person that you are going to be. He looks at you right now, the hot mess that you are, this mix of glory and brokenness, of good intentions and poor execution. He looks at you and says, I bless you and keep you and I'm gracious to you and I give you peace and I delight in you. Right now, as you are, I delight in you. And what do we do with this? Just a couple closing words. As the Lord blesses and keeps us, there's this sense, even as you read those three verses, of the expanding blessing. Uh, kids, this is another grammar lesson for you. Uh, the way this is written, it's pretty poetic. There's a lot of poetry here. Um, you can see um, an increasing number of words. If you were to look at this in the Hebrew, verse 24 is three words. Verse 25 is five, and verse 26 is seven. Three, five, and seven. In the use of syllables, if you were to count out all the syllables, the first verse is 12, and then 14, and then 16. And even go even further to the counting the consonants, the Hebrew consonants in each of these, you'd go 15 to 20 to 25. Now, we're not going to major in the, the number of consonants in every verse, but the picture that, that, that is drawn here as you see these things played out, as you see it written, is God expanding his blessings over his people. We're to take comfort in the fact that God delights in us and will continue and grow in his delight of his people. He blesses us, 
He cares for us and he keeps us. He protects us. He makes his face to shine upon us and to be gracious to us. There are two times, or a couple of times, two ways, sorry, that God shines his face upon people in the Bible. There's the face of judgment and the face of delight. And what God says is to his people, he shines his face upon them. He delights in them. He's gracious. He doesn't count our sins against us. He acts with grace towards his people. He lifts up his countenance upon us. The, the, the picture here is of God smiling upon us. It's the look of a father delighting in his child as they come through the door. He smiles over us. There are other places in the Bible that talks about God singing a song of joy over us. It's the picture. God delights in his people. He puts his name on us. We are marked as his. And he is proud of us. He delights in us. Now, how, how is he able to do that? God is holy. We, we read all throughout the Old Testament about the holiness of God. You'll notice that this passage, uh, the Lord speaks to Moses, and it may seem uh, a little... Um, clunky, cumbersome. God says to Moses to tell Aaron to tell the people. Now, what, why, why is Aaron in there? Well, this word of delight of God towards his people has to be mediated through the priest. It comes to his people through the priest. It's the priest who speaks these words of delight to the people. And it's a picture for us of the great high priest, Jesus, the one who comes, Hebrews tells us, who is the great high priest. Not one who dies like Aaron, but one who lives forever. One who has conquered death, who, who is the great high priest, who mediates this good word of God to his people. And he can do that because Jesus lived perfectly and he died in our place. We sang, in how deep the Father's love for us, in the first verse, how great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. It is because Jesus, on the cross, experienced God turning away his face from him, that the priest can say to God's people, he will never turn his face from you. He will always delight in you because Jesus experienced in our place what it was like to be cursed of God. He was cursed. He took on the curse of sin so that we might know the blessing of intimate relationship with the Father. Jesus the great high priest mediates this good word to us. It is because of Jesus that we can receive this good word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Lord God, you are kind. We thank you for your love for us. 
We thank you for Jesus, the one who does mediate this word to us. Lord, we would only know cursing if it were not for Jesus. And yet, because of his life and death and resurrection, we know what it is to be blessed of God. We thank you. We love you. Help us to trust you more, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.